Welcome back to the Smart Driving Cars podcast. Thank you for spending time with us. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with the Faculty Chair of Autonomous Vehicle Engineering at Princeton University, Alan Kornhauser. Hi, Alan. Hey, good morning, Fred, on such a beautiful Monday morning here. Well, on top in the latest Smart Driving Cars newsletter, Axios reports that disability advocates are pushing for robo-taxi expansion in San Francisco, including the city's Lighthouse for the Blind and Visually Impaired. Other supportive groups are the LGBT Center, Self-Help for the Elderly, and the Epilepsy Foundation of Northern California. And this is really an interesting move because it, it, the support is much needed, it seems. Of course. And as, as we've been saying, you know, really from the beginning with respect to this, um, the opportunity of driverless mobility to be able to provide, um, uh, of course, safe, has to be safe, you know, safe. Um, affordable, we'll get back to that. Equitable to everyone, you know, mobility, high quality mobility. If you have an algorithm doing it, my goodness, you can, you can, you can have this thing responding to whatever the algorithm says and have it do. And so there isn't, I mean, I've, I've forgotten his name, the, 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 the um, visually impaired person that we had on who said, you know, he, he, he summons, he gets an, gets an Uber and the Uber, you know, drives up to him and sees him with, with his, with his dog and drives away. Uh, of course, this isn't all Uber drivers that do that, but an algorithm's not going to do that. It's going to have the vehicle go there and give the person mobility. And it's really uh, the equity part and the ability to serve. And then, of course, as we argued, I don't know how many people agree with us that, that with respect to the kiosks, then the issue of the having the vehicle and the floor, the floor of the vehicle and and the and the the the, the curb, the sidewalk match perfectly. That's part of the kiosk design. So that if you're wheelchair bound, you know the wheelchair can easily get in. Now, of course, you have to put the attachments down and all that things to be able to accommodate that. To accommodate visually impaired, you know. Sure, there's still a mind the gap, but the mind the gap is, you know, a gap that's this big, not this big. And so the opportunity, and it's good, it's nice to see finally somebody in San Francisco come out in, in support. And, and, and as we've argued here, I think a lot of people in San Francisco need a ride. These folks need a ride. Sure, Mooney and whatever, Bart, do a good job for the limited service that they can offer. But now with what, what Cruz and Waymo can offer in San Francisco is you know, direct origin to destination. It's a network. It's a, it's a complete two-dimensional spatial opportunity to provide mobility, not just along a pearl of stops 
a, a root, but anywhere. Now, whether or not it does it for somebody who wants ride hailing and middle of the street can hop on, probably not. Shouldn't do that, doesn't need to do that. But this is the opportunity and hopefully the, the Public Utilities Commission will see the, the fundamental value. And it's, it's more than, you know, take someone home who's had one too many, uh, you know, on a night out. But it's the people to, to do the everyday things that people who need a ride need to do. And you know, I and I don't even want to go to you know the 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 real economically challenged folks, but those are the folks that have that that, that this is the opportunity. Uber and Lyft and taxis will still you know get the do the guy who needs the wants to go there right now doesn't care what it costs. Plenty of those people will still be around to do that, but it's the. But the opportunity is to is for these systems to serve all this unmet these unmet needs that are there, the needs of this community that comes out and says, you know, we have to stay home. So this is this is this is the best news that's come out of San Francisco, besides the fact that GM and Waymo have demonstrated that they're safe. They've proved that. So anyway, um, it's nice to see, and it's nice to see we we're leading, uh, leading off with that. And hopefully the Public Utilities Commission will see that this, this serves a need, an unmet need. It's not a duplication of what somebody already has and, you know, and it isn't even as good. This is something that is that that is that can be best for people who don't have the opportunity for the best. Well, I know, Alan, as we mentioned in the in the last episode that we did, you came back from the TRB uh, gathering in San Francisco after having taken some rides, very convinced that the proof of technology is there. As far as I'm concerned, it works. It's demonstrated. Oh, okay, it's bumped into a bus or it, it has run over a, a fire hose. That's fixable, okay? That's easily, and I'm sure they have fixed it. And it, it, it works. So, you know, now it's to put it to work to people who will, will really value it. People that already have their own Lamborghini or whatever, or their chauffeur or whatever, forget them. They'll take it as an amusement ride once. If, they, if these companies want to do really a proof of, of market, the folks that you just discussed are people that can take this 300 times a year, 400, 500 times a year, six or maybe even a thousand times a year, as opposed to the one and done Lambo owner, cut it out. 
You know, we have mixed feelings about this next uh, article that we're going to bring up here, a piece from the uh, San Francisco Standard headlined, We Raced a Waymo Against an Uber. Here's which one was faster. The premise is they used two reporters, one taking an Uber and one taking a, a Waymo vehicle to see which one could get to a destination first. But the, the, Waymo, the Waymo vehicles avoided the freeway. The wait time for the vehicle was longer as well. And... The article concludes here that uh, Uber is the is the winner here, but maybe they're not looking at this the right way. Should Uber we say? won what? <laughs> won some guy who wants to get there fastest? Doesn't care how much it costs. Doesn't care whether or not it discriminates against others. Great. Serve him. Guess how many times he's, guess what he found was the value of this? Oh, it was a novelty. Guess how many times he's going to take it? Once. Great. You're happy with what you have? Do it. There are a lot of folks in San Francisco who are not happy with the way they can do it today. And what these two companies have is the opportunity to provide high quality mobility affordably. Why? Uh, they, they claim that they say in the article that 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 Waymo doesn't charge, but they made some sort of estimate as to what Amo was going to charge, and they compared it as to what they apparently paid an uber which they weren't happy very happy with that because it doesn't look like they tipped them very much so somehow they came out that waymo is more expensive well the other, the other wait wait let me come on, here, let me continue uh, here sure. i mean this is this is tabloid journalism uh clickbait this is total whatever it's shocking. Well, as I was going to say, it's, Alan, the, the thing is here that and they, they acknowledge that Waymo and Cruz are waiting for approvals to deploy more vehicles. Yeah, and so they don't have the wait time is obviously affected by how many vehicles they have. And, and they say, oh, these vehicles run around with any, without anybody in them. Well, guess what? They're repositioning themselves. Guess what your Waymo or, or your Uber vehicle was when it came to pick you up? It was empty of a rider. It just happened to have a person behind the steering wheel behaving like a computer. That thing was, that thing was empty in terms of providing mobility. Not just because you saw a person Geez, I, hey, maybe what GM and 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 or, or Cruz and, and Waymo should do is put a mannequin behind the steering wheel to satisfy these guys. What? Are you joking? I think they do that when you know for people who want to cross the bridge, you know, to have you know. Um, a rider with them. They put a mannequin next to them. And, 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 and. Excellent.
Meanwhile, it, it would no. I guess you know. I just, I just don't want to. Uh, this is this one is it. It's amazing that this stuff gets printed in San Francisco. And and it, San Francisco wonders why it's on a downward whatever. I mean, if 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 you're in a race to get to someplace, okay, whatever. Okay, if you're really trying to get to someplace, this is an opportunity. Meanwhile, Alan Cruz has begun initial testing and data collection for planned robotaxis in Miami. Uh, they've begun supervised testing already in Houston and Dallas, uh, waiting to start up service there. So they're, they are expanding. They are expanding, and I think that's good, and I applaud them for that. Um, you know, Ford Argo... Um, Ford Volkswagen Argo did a lot in Miami, preparing Miami, and I think it's a good place for them to go. And and uh, Dallas and Houston also, although Dallas and Houston are again, you know, enormously auto, personal auto oriented places. Although, you know, there there are lots of folks there who need a ride and uh, and don't have access to their own personal car to give themselves a ride. Um, uh, but, you know, th these companies really should start thinking about coming to Jersey. Uh, they've argued that, you know, somehow snow's a problem. Uh, it didn't snow last, last winter in, in, uh, in central Jersey. Okay, we had none, right? We had no snow days. And even if we do have one, two, three, four, or five, there's still 350, 351, 352 days in a year for which you could provide enormous, valuable mobility to people who, who need a ride. And this is, if you're going to be in this business, this is, this is what you need to do. You need to, need to go to places that, you're not just going to spend your money to acquire a customer and they're one and done. You're going to want to spend your money to acquire a customer that's going to use you. you know, each of us takes or wants to take something like a thousand person trips a year to go to places that we can't walk to. That's just sort of normal living by individuals from the age of you know, probably seven to 97, 87, <laughs> 77, whatever, but you know, large chunk of the population. And now that large chunk of the population who want to take these thousand plus trips a, a year using a vehicle, very few are very long. Most of them are really short, farther than walking, but, you know, 10 miles is, whoa, plenty enough to get 90% of that distribution. So you're still at 90% of the distribution, you're still at around 1,000. Some people have available a car that they can do it themselves, boom. Okay, that's pretty tough competition. The rest of them are 
you know, need a ride. My goodness, if you're an easy walk to be able to go there and use it, and it's an easy walk to be able to get to where you want to go, you might be able to actually put a price on that on that service that has those people not one and dones using you a hundred times a year, three hundred times a year, five hundred times a year, thousand times a year. Oh, those are the customers you want. We might point and out as you new- make as you make the price lower and lower, you probably have a chance of getting more and more of that. And guess what? The kind of scale economy that you're you're into is one: the more and more of these things that you have, your hardware costs you less and less because it's Moore's law, and your overhead and operating costs or whatever less and less the ability to share and share rides more and more my goodness you have an opportunity to as you increase your customer to have the price get even lower the derivative the partial derivative of you know the price you have to charge to make money with respect to increasing scale is going down that's the business you want to be in that's why you're in it so go after that market. I claim we have that in Jersey. I was going to say, Alan, on that weather issue, we may, you know, as you pointed out, we, we don't have snow. And we also have uh, zero 120 degree plus days, too, which has to have an impact. Yeah. And, you know, sure, we had Sandy. But how many hurricanes do we have? <clears throat> okay. And you're yeah, not going to be had on the road little, then anyway. We, so we've had, we've had a little bit. We've had a little bit of heavy rain. But what does the heavy rain look like in my eye? Right. I, I mean, the, a weather issue? Are you kidding? And we have, you know, Andrew Tunard in New Jersey DOT. He shovels that snow off the roadways really quickly. We're in business here. Right. Moving on, Alan, from the New York yeah, Times, a, a nice headline, watching for the bus stop gallery. This is an interesting piece about a, a Brooklyn artist having his works on bus shelters. To make yeah, them attractive, yeah. to make them a center of a community. And this could be a, a model for what's done, perhaps, with uh, moves. Well, this is the, the concept of having people aggregate themselves to increase the probability of ride sharing so that you could reduce the costs even more because you have ride sharing to make it affordable to for even more people to come and having a center of attraction for this being a, a kiosk and to make that an attractive place for the community that it serves what would a what would that serve i mean you know like quarter square mile five minute walk radius not big but that's a community of people you know 
that have a lot in common, have a lot of diversity, but have a lot in common and make it in a, a place that they don't mind going to and maybe picking up some, whatever it is they want. Some of it may be art. I think it's wonderful that they're putting art on there. It's wonderful they're putting art on, on bus shelters. The problem with bus shelter is not the bus shelter, it's that the bus that comes by there and picks you up only goes along a line with a few stops. As opposed to this bus shelter, having a place where a vehicle waits and can take you essentially anywhere within the operational design domain. And if the operational design domain is too small, make it bigger. We'll get there. We have a place to start that can serve the community. Anyway, that's been the theory. I guess everybody knows that. I've been preaching about it for so long. It's getting going to put me out the pasture pretty soon. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> Alan, IATR's 36th annual conference this fall in Scottsdale, Arizona, has signed up Waymo as an official sponsor. Yeah. That's the International Association of Transportation Regulators headed by our friend Matt Doss. Right. And and at some point, you know, the regulators will have will will have a say in this driverless mobility move style sort of thing. And so this is a very important conference of the of people that should understand. I understand that when you say driverless it means that you know maybe some people are going to lose their jobs i'd like to claim no you know those two guys in in san francisco standard who you know love their uber they're going to continue to take their uber those aren't the folks that want one is looking to serve here necessarily unless they want to this is all the folks that don't have mobility for which Uber, Lyft, taxi is not appropriate to them. Otherwise, they take it. And so this is a whole new market. This is an opportunity for, for IATR regulators to provide, to provide more mobility to every community. And the new mobility they provide, while it may not need drivers as part of the workforce, has a workforce associated with it. Sure, it's a back office overhead workforce that does the vehicle cleaning, that does the oversees the management of the vehicles, that does the you know the accounting, that that reports all the data to the regulators, so that you know everybody is everything is 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 known and 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 above board. Hires all those people to do that, but it's a whole more bigger market. Right now, Uber, Taxi, and Lyft are 1% of the market. Sure, they're big in New York City. Everywhere else, not so much. Even in the other boroughs, you know, it's not yellow cab, it's green cab. Why are they different colors? Demand's different. People they serve are different. And so here, there's opportunity to not serve even more different people. 
And, and instead of having an influence over 1% of the daily trips, you might have it over two, over four, over 10, or 20, or 30. Woo. That's an opportunity to become really relevant. So Matt, IATR, great. And let's get Waymo involved and so on to really make, make a market out of this. Right, congratulations, Matt. Uh, from Future Farming, there's a headline, John Deere moves further in the field of autonomy. And we've talked about Deere and, and others in, in the agriculture space before. There, there's the proof of technology is trivial because safety is, I mean, there aren't kids playing ball out in the cornfields. Unless you're Kevin Costner. Or, or maybe Bryce is, <laughs> maybe my, my, my number one intern, Bryce is out there playing ball. He's a, you know, whatever, but you know, he's from Iowa. But yeah, and of course, of course, of course, absolutely. There's a press release from the DOT, Alan, uh, announcing it is now taking applications for the Reconnecting Communities and Neighborhoods program with the goal of building good transportation infrastructure to reconnect communities to economic opportunities. And this sounds like something that could be of interest. Well, I mean, if I look at those words, I say, I mean, you know, they want to build infrastructure, and I think you know, and, and the people that have reported on this then show infrastructure as you know, multi-level, whatever, freeways and so on and so forth. Sure, there's some of that. In fact, destruction of some of that would be key, you know, because guess what's block communities is you know, what what led what may well have led to an enormous decline in Trenton is Route 29 talking about blighted um, infrastructure, great, build a, you know, four lane divided highway right along the, 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 um, the river, the Delaware River there. What's that do? Cuts the community off from benefiting from the Delaware River. Guess what happens to market, to the value of the land on the other side of the road from, Boy, they should dig that thing up. Stick it underground. Oh, that's expensive. Good, you got a bunch of money. Spend it. Get rid of that blight. But anyway, that's another story. But of course, you know, the kind of things that we think they should be interested in, infrastructures is just a small piece. How about sidewalks leading to well-designed, community-designed kiosks. And then, you know, if the technology has a little bit of problem at an intersection or two, fix those intersections on the local streets. Boy, you know, take 5% of that whole bill, you, you, you do 100 cities. Never mind. I'm, I'm certain they aren't going to do it. Whatever. From The Verge, Alan, uh, Tesla has started production 
of the Dojo Supercomputer, which is aimed at the training the fleet of autonomous vehicles. We've been impressed with what we've heard about Dojo before, haven't we? First time I heard of Dojo, I said, whoa, you know, 10 to the 18th floating point instructions per second and address this solving, you know, the, the real the real throat congestion point and in, in doing AI, AI, I mean, driverless is AI, we'll call it AI. Figure out what the value of each of those coefficients are in those in those deep learning neural networks. That's an optimization problem and it requires a lot of compute power to be able to get to the global optimum of, hey, it works for all the training set. You know, the objective function goes to zero. It's a square of the error. If you're trying to minimize square of error, guess what? Guess what? You need to get the error to zero because the square of zero is zero. The square of everything else is greater than zero. So you know what the global optimum is. Not to make it, you know, totally simple here, but to get there is it takes enormous computing and, and creativity and everything else. And he's got a new AI AI company under this umbrella too. I'm not sure how that's <laughs> going to how these pieces all come together. I don't know. Well <laughs> you can imagine. I mean, whoa. If they really put that together and they do that, and they do that better than any, everybody else or anybody else, guess what? Their AI algorithms are going to be better than everybody else's. If that's the case, they win, I think. Now, somebody may get really elegant and see, well, you know, the way we've been approaching all this AI stuff is really brute force. And there's this really elegant way of solution and a whole new thing. So you don't need a 10 to the 18th floating point instructions per second or better computational engine to sit there and let that thing grind for who knows how long to be able to come up with what really isn't even the global optimum and gets stuck at every local minima and so on and, and all the stuff that goes on in that. Phew. So maybe there is a better way, but I'm telling you, whoa, I am a, I'm a fanboy of, of, of Dojo. Meanwhile, uh, Tesla is in discussion to license its full self-driving driver assist technology to another major automaker. They haven't said which one, but uh, another revenue stream? Well, why, I mean, Mobileye right now does that, okay? They're out there with a, that basically does advanced driver assistance. Mobileye doesn't make a car for sale to the public though. So there's a difference, I no, guess, between the two. Yeah, so therefore, yeah. So somebody's probably going to, you know, not want to, you know, feed the competition. Okay, but you know, maybe maybe what Tesla does is it splits off FSD and Dojo 
and or AI or whatever into separate entity over here and it's no longer part of Tesla and sells it to everybody. I don't know, why not? I don't know. And in the end, what are people, what's somebody gonna buy? If you have a choice of make or buy, you always have a choice of make or buy. You're really gonna try, you're gonna try to buy the best one. Not best has a lot of aspects to it, of which a negative one is, you know, feeding the competition so that they get revenue to kick your butt. Understood. But I don't know. If you have Dojo, and if Dojo, you know, I don't know. Again, I'm a fanboy Dojo, and you know, FSD might not be FSD. That in terms of, of, a, of an advanced driver assistance system that provides that provides not only the comfort and convenience that one gets from that, but also stays and works in the background all the time so that in case you misbehave or, you know, of course I never misbehave when I drive. Don't ask Elizabeth, please. <laughs> um, but you know, sits there and bails me out without, you know, hey, Alan, you know, we're going to hit the brakes for you. Your, your, your foot's not getting to the brake fast enough. I think I'll buy that. You'll buy that. Probably not 100% of the people will buy that because there are always some people who... I mean, that's that's what's good about diversity. You know, it covers the whole spectrum. But the meat of the of the distribution of in diversity will buy that, I think. And if you start serving that many people, guess what? It's guess what you're you can make the cost of that, which then incurs encourages even more it's another one of these things that has you know that slope going down you want to be in those kinds of businesses you don't have to you don't have to go to business school or you don't have to be an orphy major at princeton to understand that i mean that's you know if, you, if you've ever done a lemonade stand you understand that and uh, the data collection from these other vehicles from another car maker, who knows, uh, maybe well, yeah, you'd be able well, to take advantage of that. Well, whether or not you take advantage of that, you don't even, uh, you, maybe, or maybe you get in the partnership and you, and you work the problem together on that. Why not? Sure. But <laughs> given the number of Teslas that are out there now, I mean, one is being deluged with data. You know, one, one of the issues with respect to data is you don't know what you don't know. And you've got to, you know, you have to go find those things. But I mean, they even had a driver who drove, who drove a Tesla purposely off a, off a cliff in California. I bet they had the data on that car. So you know they've they probably in, 
they've come close to encountering it. You never encounter it all. But my goodness, at the limit, you know, you're 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 smaller than delta and almost at epsilon. Those of you that are, you understand what I'm saying. <laughs> Finally, Alan, the Washington Post had a recent piece headlined, Tesla owners are using steering wheel weights to drive hands-free. Misleading headline from the get-go because you can't say Tesla, Tesla owners. Tesla owners, the implication, I read that. Every that, that Tesla every, owner? Everybody's doing that. What, I don't know you, anybody what, doing What, that. really? Come on, what, Washington Post now became a tabloid? Is, is it sold there as I go through my checkout at, at the grocery store now? What is it, everything clickbait? And plus, plus it's not new. I mean, I think as soon as, 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 do you still have your come on category because I think this. Oh man, I, I got to put the come on. I mean, you know, when when Mercedes came out with this Dronic, which you know really did the sensing as to whether or not you had your hands on the wheel, and you could only take your hands off the wheel for you know three seconds before you know, and the way it sensed it was was because you applied torque on the wheel, and if you just leave your hands loose on there. Guess what? It beeps at you, so you got to torque it. Why are they making us do that? I, I understand there's a some correlation between hands-on wheel and eyes-on road. And brain-on road. But if you want to see if I'm engaged, we all have body language. And our body language, I mean, you know, when I talk to somebody, all I do is look at their body language. I probably don't even listen. Because you can tell everything from the body language. Well, maybe not everything, but I'm overstating it, but whatever. And so do what GM did, you know, when they came out with with uh, their um, um, system. Super Cruise, right? Yeah, Super Cruise. You know, they put they put a, an eye tracking cameras. People have been working on researchers have been working on eye trackers for a long time. Why? Because they're used to, in all sorts of, of um, studies to be able to you know make sure people are paying attention and so on. So. These are very good systems for which it's well known how to make sure somebody's engaged. Not sure somebody's going to try to put a picture of Alan in front of the eye tracker in the car and hang it right here. <laughs> and who knows what? Are you kidding? You can recognize that immediately. So if you have over the air updating, you put a little thing in there and say, hey, Alan, quit goofing around. If you're goofing around, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to take your toys away. You're going to need to get a, a note from your mother before you can use it again. And if that doesn't work, then let insurance come in. 
we know that insurance, if you modify your car, you're not covered. If you modify the operation of your car, you're not covered. If you hang a Coke can, as was being suggested in 2014 when I bought my Distronic system to be able to simulate on the Mercedes that I have torque on there, you're modifying the operation of the car. Something bad happens and you go to your insurance company and say, oh, please pay. I think they should tell you, go away. Guess what? You'll get to do that once. Because maybe then you'll learn the lesson. Shouldn't have done that one. So yes, there's some jerks around. Like 13-year-olds, whatever. <laughs> I don't know why I think 13-year-olds are the most, I think I must still be 13 years old. <laughs> most misbehaving entities, whatever, but Anyway, so maybe, you know, if it, the Washington Post wasn't desiring to become a, a tabloid and just doing clickbait, they might have said, hey, you know, there are a few jerks out there, there are Tesla owners that are doing this goofy stuff. They should stop because they're putting my life at risk. That's what the author of that should have said. Cut it out. I'm out there on the road. I have a right to be there. And I have a right to be there without you misbehaving. And then, you know, then the story then says that somehow having my hands on the wheel is keeping me from decelerating the car or it had taking my hands off the wheel is keeping me from decelerating the car. Hands on wheel are essentially uncorrelated with deceleration of the car. Foot on brake, Ooh. foot off of accelerator in an electric vehicle, Ooh. regenerative braking. Put off of accelerator on internal combustion engine and electric vehicle, aerodynamic drag, deceleration. I'm not reaching down with my hand to whatever. What's hand on wheel have to do with deceleration? Why would you even, you know, talk about something that, that involves, you know, failure of deceleration with hands on wheel? How about foot near brake? So come on, Washington Post, who, who are your editors? This is terrible. Good take on that, Alan. You can <laughs> come on, man. I'm uh, football season about to start, so I'm going to come back with my come on, man. Excellent. Um, but it gets tiresome after a while, Fred. I, we have some very good news on this one, though. Okay, you know, what's being presented to, to the California Public Utilities Commission is really good, and they need to pay attention to that. And the other jerks, tell them to get out. 
on that note, Alan, we're going to wrap things up. You can find us at Smart It's a good thing I have tenure, isn't it, Fred? (laughs) A very good thing. You can find us at smartdrivingcar.com, also on Spotify, TuneIn, Apple, Google, Amazon, wherever you turn to for podcasts. Smart speakers can play us too. You can find my tech reports at textination.com. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with Alan Kornhauser. Thanks for listening or watching. Please continue to stay safe. And continue to have a great summer and enjoy. And um, and now that I'm off sabbatical, (laughs) I'm getting ready to get back in there. So had a great sabbatical. um, uh, Our book with my book with Michael Senez, you know, at the editor. Wow. Coming soon. Coming soon.